A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week, euphemisms from motorcycles. <laughs> I um I, I went down a wormhole um, this week because I've been busy. So obviously, as anyone who uh, works at home, which I guess a lot of people at the moment still, uh, you, you know, the more busy you are, the more that your brain goes, hey, let's hop on YouTube and watch the title sequences from 80s TV shows for a bit because that'll be productive. <laughs> I'm so uh, glad which is what it's I did. Oh, it's. I hope it's, it's everyone. I'm hopeless. I hope it, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what I, I was just watching. I was like, 80s theme tunes. That'll inspire me to actually get on with the work I'm being paid for. I watched. I watched the opening credits to the to Spender the other day because I oh, couldn't shit. remember what I'm... it looked like. It was awful. There was yeah. No... I couldn't describe any part of the Spender titles to you. It was like really rubbish sort of billboards that people were walking past on the street, and there was no vision of um, the Sierra Cosworth. Which I thought, well, that's shit because I was expecting a really sullen-looking northern man in a shiny suit, drashing a um, a Sierra Sapphire around. But no, alas, not. Who was it? Somebody described Jimmy Nail as having a face like an old shoe, and I, I, I don't think that's ever been bettered. He sort of does, doesn't he? He's just sort of leathery and worn oh. in the face. Oh, completely. He just looks massively pissed off all the time. I mean, he yeah. might he might actually be massively pissed off all the time. In fact, he might still drive around as if he's on the set of a, a very late 80s, early 90s kind of cop, gritty cop drama set in the north of England. Was that like Sierra Sapphire not being constantly stolen during filming? Like they'd wrap for the day and leave the leave the Sierra sort of at their unit base and they'd come back the next morning and they'd gone. But then now I might be getting this wrong, but let's run with it. I bet anyway. it, Jimmy I bet, Nail. I bet it was. Jimmy Nail knew some some you know, sort of some people. Unsavory friends. Yeah, and so he would put in a couple of quiet words with some people that he knew and it would usually get returns. Do you know <laughs> I think what? That's, that's a, a story. That's an I might bring that up. Um Next time I chat to Jason Plato, because of course he grew up in and around New New Essel, and um, maybe Did he? yeah he's yeah he's from the northeast. You just nobody seems to know that. I didn't know that. Potatoes yeah. from the northeast. Potatoes from from Geordieland. I thought he was a Midlander. No, see, I thought that too when I first met him. I thought he was sort of brummy circumference, but no, he isn't. <laughs> brummy <laughs> circumference. Are you from Birmingham? <laughs> no, more sort of brummy circumference. Which, uh, which is, I mean, I know the area you mean as different. well. Yeah, yeah, it is. But he's not. He and his one of the first things he said to me when um, we we introduced ourselves when we first started working together was, uh, "Yeah, yeah." Why I'm, I um, was that one of the first? Yeah, things he, he said, said. Yeah, he said, "Why I pet?" And then <laughs> pause. And then when he said about Newcastle, I said, "Oh, that's cool." I um I keep meaning to go up and see the Get Carter car park. And he went, "Oh, well, just outside the Get Carter car park, um, my dad was the first person in the world to write off an Austin Allegro when they first came out just down that road." Oh well, I know I said, that story. What? I've I've had a rendition because I was I don't I don't really know Potato and, and you do, but when the last time that we were together and we saw him, I got a live rendition of that Allegro story. 
Which um, is a great story. Which is a great story. But, uh, <laughs> but I didn't, he didn't drop in the detail. Oh, by the way, this was in Newcastle. Um, yeah. I just assumed it was in Birmingham for some reason. Well, for the reasons given above that Good I thought British he was a, Leyland a Brummie and- adjacent man. But uh, And also, yeah, it's a BL car, you think. Um, I don't know. I, I That's funny, isn't it? We just we all assume that. Just like you assume certain radio DJs might have beards when they don't. It's yes. the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's exactly I, the same thing. Plato's accent sounds a bit Midlandsy, though. It's funny. He doesn't well, sound Geordie to me. I'm going to have to listen more carefully now. Shall I ask him clo- again and say, listen, be honest. Are you really from the North East originally? How does be he honest. say the name of the largest city in the North East? Does he say Newcastle uh, or Newcastle? Is it Newcastle? So it's, there's no. Well, I mean, it. if you're proper Geordie, I suppose. But it's just even if you're post Geordie and you keep your Geordiness hidden, the way that you say Newcastle, <laughs> the emphasis in Newcastle is a giveaway. Keep your Geordiness hidden. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. No. Undercover Geordie. Oh, I had no idea. Well, you Dino. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, sorry to anyone from Newcastle listening for that absolutely shit awful impression of a Geordie accent. Um, but yes, the way you say Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, Newcastle. I can't do it now. All right. I don't know if this counts as racism, well, but it feels like it might. What, what, what were we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, no, I was talking about watching <laughs> 80s title sequences and something that I realised that I had to go back and watch over and over is in the um, titles for Magnum P.I., uh, which has got a very excellent theme tune as well. It's a uh, very high-energy theme. Oh, my God. The only thing that beats dun, it dun, for dun, 80s dun, dun, theme dun, dun, tune energy dun, dun, is Dempsey and Makepeace, which has got the most deranged slap bass in it you've ever heard. It's like <laughs> the, the bloke's thumb afterwards must have been bleeding. And there's <laughs> an extended <laughs> version of Dempsey and Makepeace theme tune, and it goes on for ages. And you think, oh, it's peaked now. Oh, Christ, it hasn't. And there's a the bassist has to swap thumbs halfway through because it's just throbbing and bleeding like you've hit it with a ball pain hammer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's but yeah, uh, Magnum, good energy to it. And there's a bit where uh, Magnum PI brackets Tom Selleck he gives a look to camera and then floors it in his Ferrari 308 GTS on grass by the side of a road. And, oh, yes, he does. I know that. And bit. he has to bang in a lot of opposite lock to keep things tidy as it then goes. And you know what it's like as well. You know when you, you get some wheel spin going on grass and then you go on to tarmac. Oh, it goes from loose to, to tight. It's a, so it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, you've got to be on top of things in that situation because that sort of suddenly low friction to much higher <laughs> friction surface can cause all manner of issues. And what impressed me about it Especially was... Especially with a tight steering box. Yeah, <laughs> it's a non-pass car from the yeah. 80s with a mid-engines. There's a lot of things there where you just go... And, and it's obviously Tom Selleck because it's, it's a sort of medium close-up of his face that then you see the car going off down the road. And there's no squirrelling. He keeps it pretty neat. And I thought, that's an underrated bit of driving there from TV's Tom Selleck. Selleck. I wonder how handy Tom Selleck was behind the wheel. I sort of like to think perhaps he was he was quite useful. Um, With, well, it all comes down to the shorts. <laughs> it's, the dri- it's the driving shorts, <laughs> I would suggest. Uh, <laughs> Everyone, everyone knows you can probably increase your your, your wheelsman game by ten percent 
if you wear a fairly kind of snug-fitting sports shorts. <laughs> sport, <laughs> 70s sports shorts. Oh, sorry. I beg your sorry. pardon. I couldn't even keep a straight <clears throat> face as I was saying that. I think it's just terrible bollocks that I'm talking about. I think you mean a 70s shorts. sports <laughs> Sports uh, shorts. shorts. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, hang on, people talk about driving gloves. People yeah. talk about like driving shoes. No one has ever talked about driving shorts yeah. ever. I'll just pop on the driving trousers. Um, no, driving no, shorts. No. No, 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 I don't think so. I do think. Uh, I'll start that again because I, I don't know where I was going with that at all. What I was going to say was, I've mentioned this on the show a few weeks ago, but I'm, I'm going to mention it again. Jason Barlow's new Bond Cars book, which oh, um, yeah. which I've got um, and I've been enjoying at my leisure. And there was a bit I read in it the other day uh, where they were saying that uh, Roger Moore was a good driver. And I was oh, just okay. like, I just enjoyed reading that. It's just it was satisfying. That was it. There was no more embellishment on the subject. No, it was just a, a plain blank page with just Roger Moore was a good driver written down the middle of it. Maybe that was a polite way of saying that Timothy Dalton just used to crash everything that he went near. Yeah, fucking Dalton just yeah, Mister Light Panel Damage as he was known on set for constantly. <laughs> Uh, just move the Land Rover over there, would you, Tim? Yes, no problem at all. Oh, sorry, I had it in reverse and I didn't realise, and I've just backed it into. Oh, he started it in gear, that yeah. Thing. It lur- <laughs> it's just lurched into a load of expensive camera gear. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds the me starter. of there's um, there was someone I used to work with. I won't name them because that's cruel, but but there was someone I, I worked with on Top Gear who was uh, famous for low speed accidents and of an awkward nature not one of the on screen talent someone someone who worked behind the scenes and uh, one of one of his finest moments was we filmed uh, the Nissan GTR in Japan when it was brand new and it was so new they didn't really have any GTRs to lend out but we, we really, really, really wanted to film one, and we had quite a narrow window to go over to Japan and do it. So, of course, you did because Mr. GTR lent us his personal car, which was one of the very first ones production spec, and um, and he he agreed to lend it to us. And they were just getting ready to film, all setting up in this car park at the start. We're going to do one of those race things. Just rigging everything, you know, and, and, and you know what it's like. There's a load of TV crews hanging around. There's lots of fiddling and faffing, and it takes forever to set up. During which this unnamed member of the production team got into one of the crew vans and backed it up and backed it into the GTR Star Car. Oh, no. Yeah. Not massively. Oh, Again, low speed. Well, he's by Mr. It. GTR yeah. and not even out yet. He had to write. He wrote to Mr. GTR to apologise personally for doing it because it was suggested this would be a good thing to do because you know particularly in in, um, Japan in Japan these things are frowned upon well yeah and just taking responsibility and 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 the apology counts for a lot so yeah he personally wrote to I can't what's a guy called Mr GTR I can't remember his name now do you know I bloody knew you were going to say that GTR San I've actually interviewed him twice. I still can't remember his name. That's bad, isn't it? Um, oh, gosh. Um, hang on. Let me just Google it because I feel like a I don't know. For the purposes goon. of this, just, just call him Steve GTR. Uh, anyway, yeah, so this guy this guy scuffed scuffed Mr. GTR's personal GTR. And um, 
I had to oh, write a letter bad. to say sorry for it. Oh, I, 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 I've got to look up his name because it's annoying me now, uh, and people are going to be shouting. Yeah, at that's the screen, or not even the screen, uh, whatever they're shouting at, something device. Oh, I tell you what, I, I can quickly change the subject. Um, I was pulling a car out of a, a, um, a, a garage at the weekend. Um, of course you were. A friend of mine um, ended up buying uh, a car that I'd been tipped off about, a bereavement in a family. Car's been in the family since forever. Hasn't you, you're a terrible vulture years. for stuff like that, aren't you? You're just, you're, you're, oh, I absolutely love it. I love the thrill of the chase. I like the, the history delving. I mean, this is particularly fascinating. It's not. I, I won't tell you what car it is yet, but mm. it, I'm going to do a video on it on the Late Break Show. But uh, needless to say, not an exotic car, but very well preserved. And... Um, used to be owned by a guy that was a um, a safety engineer in nuclear power stations. So quite a risk-averse guy, I would mm. say. You hope so, yeah. Um, and quite fastidious in the detail, as we found out as we, we look, as we flicked through the, the, the service books and the notepads that were in there just talking about every squeak and rattle and thing. Really? Everything was labelled. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. There were second-hand parts with little labels on Labels about the size of your thumbnail that had a a sentence written on it in tiny pens saying, "Um, still works, slightly faulty, but I've kept it because it might be good in case the other one goes wrong. April 1984. Everything was dated. Everything was month and year dated. Everything. Yeah, it it was great. It was great. Anyway. We were there, and we were in Elstree, um, <clears throat> which is classed as Hertfordshire, I think, isn't it? Which yeah. is the home? Is it the home of the British t- film and TV industry? I think it's classed. It's as. yeah, it's one of those places that um, uh, yeah, because there's 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 two quite big studios there, so in mm-hmm. Boreham Wood, yeah. I was That's there last week, actually. Weirdly, when were you? Was this last week? I was there. Was, was there on Sunday or Saturday? Yeah, yeah. It was damn cold. That's all yeah. I know. I was long making, on, making a TV show last week. It's uh, it's good. So the Elstree well, Studios, like there's, there's two. There's BBC Elstree where they do EastEnders and stuff, and then there's there's Elstree Studios, which is separate and independent, where they do a lot of movies. Ah. And they do they did sort of Star Wars, very Star Wars they movies, did Star Indiana Wars there, Jones that's movies. Right. Yeah, I went up there because we were doing a, a TV show on one of the on one of the studios or stages. It's very filmy. They call them stages. Stage nine. No, I know. Stage nine. I um, kind of want them to be an actual stage you know, with a really sort of dusty curtain. Well, like a proscenium arch. Yes. Yes, we shot all of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in the proscenium arch. We did it very much like a school play, and it turned out well. Um, <laughs> but I got lost. I missed the turning for the underground car park where my assigned space was, and I went accidentally up to the back where there's a vehicle workshop, and there were loads of really interesting cars up there. Um, oh. I guess from different movies. I couldn't sort of place what films they were from, but they were like some old Ford Explorers that were all smashed up. And oh. there was a, a little Alpha Julia GT and things. And I wanted to take some pictures, but you know, when you're sort of in that environment and you're there because you're working, it's a bit unprofessional to do that. So you I, can't, yeah, I you didn't. just have to rely on the fact that people are telling the truth when they regale these stories. And I do believe you. And it is a shame you can't take the pics, but you've got the memories. And I've never, I've never actually been to any of the Elstree Studios. I don't think I've been to Pinewood, but I've not been there. The I and went to the BBC one years ago because my wife used to work there briefly. And um, uh, what, what struck me about that is once you were through the door, which was quite easy because I had a BBC ID card, so I just basically let me in, and I was, I was just collecting my wife. How um, how badly secured it was, and you could just wander about. 
And what? Yeah, apparently, if you if you know where you're going, you can wander onto the EastEnders set. Or you used to be able to. I think they've secured it a bit more because people, like, they used to do Top of the Pops up there in the later days of Top of the Pops. And you'd get all these teenagers just wandering into Albert Square oh, and nicking okay. stuff. So they had to secure it a bit more. But you can still you can still roam about. And um, I, I went into a corridor where they'd got the props rooms for Casualty in Holby City. Of course. And I stuck my head through this door and there was this woman there and, and, and I was like, this is interesting in here. And there's all these like massive Tupperware boxes on shelves and it was all like fake severed limbs and shit. And Of course, from, from injured people yeah, on it was a hospital-based drama. And, she, and I went, this is a bit grim. And she was like, oh, it's okay. It's just the limb room. And she showed me a couple of things in jars that were like, you know, a severed hand and stuff. Oh, sure. But also... There's great history um, to both of those studios. The BBC one didn't used to be owned by the Beeb. They only bought it in the 80s to make EastEnders there. Before that, it was um, ATV, and uh, I think it was ATV. And they made Alfreda's own pet there and stuff like that. But they also used to do the Muppet Show. That's going show. back to Jimmy Nail. Yeah, 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 Jimmy Nail. There we go. So everything's That's circular. when he was really liked, I think. And yeah. now he's, I, I get the impression that he's not so liked. Um, <clears> that was when the shoe the- was less worn in. What the crocodile shoe? Mm, the crocodile the- shoe. <laughs> he the, he's calling it. He sung that song describing his own face. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah the original title was "Miserable Old Geordie Shoe." <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, a friend of mine oh, went gosh. to look around one of the, the studios in what's now the BBC place, and uh, I can't remember what the studio number is, but it's not important. There's a hole in the floor, which is you know one of those trapdoor things you can you can do stuff and that was where they did some of those famous Morecambe and Wise shenanigans with like you know Angela Rippon falling through the floor or whatever or Andre Previn or something and then my mate looked around and went there's a weird little sort of balcony thing up on the wall what that's not normal thing you'd see in a studio what's that and they went oh that's um that used to be where Statler and Waldorf sat for the Muppet show you're joking yeah my mate was just like ah, it was this it's is, the balcony it's the heckling balcony yeah it's the heckling balcony and um, yeah, it's proper TV history up there. <laughs> that's really, that's really like that sort of thing. I, I'm I'm totally into that. Mm, well, yeah. well, I was, I was, so I was dragging this car out of the garage. Um, that was the, the house. The house was being sold and emptied by the children of the the chap that passed away who mm. owned it. And of course, they used to go on holidays and all sorts in this particular car. And and there's two reasons why I'm telling you this is because first reason the guy pulled up in a in a really nice uh, 991-911 Carrera S with some interesting options on it mm. and such as was, it had those wheels that are the, the wide five spokes with the painted centres oh okay um, yeah they can look alright I haven't yeah and I haven't seen many of those the car was either black or extremely dark grey but I think it was black um, and um I, there were just a couple of bits about it that I thought, oh, that's, that's quite cool. And we were cracking on and it was freezing cold. Mm. And he made us a fantastic coffee. Um, and when he came out to give us the coffee, I said, oh, I really like your car. I said, well, actually, it's 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 you're the reason why I bought that car. I said, what? He said, yeah, yeah the, 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 the videos that you do with, with Rich Porter, the Smith & Sniff videos, I watched the one where you reviewed the 992 and you were driving all around the Barnet kind of area <laughs> of Greater London. I went, yeah. He said, well, you drove past my wife's sort of um, 
where my wife grew up, um, where I think you were pointing at fly tipping. I was sort of joking. Um, <laughs> my wife is the going? area's leading fly tip. Yes, I was, I was thinking, well, I wasn't expecting this chat. And then he said, well, I think you ended it with the verdict where you both said it was a great car, but you mentioned, you said, well, I, I think I'd probably be perfectly happy with the outgoing 991. And... He said after that, I'd been debating whether to buy, you know, like a two-year-old 991 or, or get a 992. He said I'd never owned a 911 before. I'd been kind of saving up. He's like 49 years old, maybe 48. And um, so he decided to buy a three-year-old one with these particular options. And he said, I'm so chuffed with it. Hmm. So I was like, oh, that's cool. It gave me a bit of a warm feeling inside. And then we carried on chatting. And I noticed the house opposite looked very jingle, very jingle jangle. <laughs> Um, I, I, and I, and it was, this was quite a nice, you know, suburban, well-to-do street, I suppose, mm. that's cha- that's changed over the years according to the older neighbours. And they were like, "Well, of course, that's Gino De Campo's house over there." What? Um, t- and I, and I, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, is it? Okay." So, and I said, "Well, he doesn't live there anymore. He's recently moved out, but he was the one that did the whole house up. It didn't used to look like that." But oh, okay, Gino's. They said, "Yeah, he used to own a deli on the on the high street, quite well known in the area um, when he became famous." And and then there was a bit of a pause, and he went, "Well, of course." And he got all the builders to do stuff on the cheap, so that he had a swimming pool put in in the back garden with like a pool house type thing. Um, and he said it's all subsided. And <laughs> was Gino De Campo's house constantly being ironically burgled by Paul Young. This is the thing. You, you have to look that one up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Well, but because this is what came into the conversation I was about to say, because I, I, I had no knowledge of this. And, they, and then after them saying about the builders doing stuff on the cheap, and he, he had apparently he bought like a 12-foot square pizza oven that had to have a <laughs> massive crane to crane it over the house to put in the back garden, which probably cost, I don't know, 50 grand or something yeah. just to hire the crane. They went. They went. They went. Well, you know, he's. <clears throat> of course, he's 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 done prison time, Gino. I said, what? Gino's been in prison. He said, yeah, yeah, before he was famous, and as you now know, because you just said what you said, I didn't realise he got caught stealing guitars from Paul Young's house, eighties mm. <laughs> popster Paul Young. Yeah, and it's like what? I had no idea, and also I. I think the, immediately the second thing that came into my mind was I didn't know that Paul Young would have any guitars. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend Paul Young. <laughs> or, was, or was Paul Young looking after like Mark Knopfler's guitars just for a, a weekend? <laughs> <laughs> That's yes, I know what you mean. Paul Young seems like he's he is primarily a vocalist, and that he wouldn't necessarily know how to work a guitar. But um, I guess. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. I feel like I know we've mentioned Paul Young before because of fretless bass intros and stuff, but Uh, I have to say, I didn't expect any of this chat to come apart. We were dragging this car out of a garage, unseizing the brakes and trying to get it started for the first time. In fact, almost to the week we were... Almost the week it had gone in there 31 years ago because the tax ran out at the end of November um, in 89. Mm. And um, we managed to get it running. And uh, It was just this... If I just you got it running? It. Well, I got it running, Rich. Wow. W- actually, quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, we got it running quite quickly. I know you're not going to say what car it is, and I genuinely don't know because you, you haven't told me anything about this, but just give me a clue. How many cylinders did you get running? Four cylinders we got running, which is okay. all of them. All right. Um, okay. And like I said before, think about the the man's um, career choice. Very risk averse. Mm, very I'm, very I'm safe. Thinking Japanese car. Reliable. Interest. Interesting that you should think that. Um, you're not right. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> damn it! Damn it! But but you know. So I, I really enjoyed that. That was it. Was a great. It was a great bit of trivia that I didn't know about Gino De Campo. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and as I was driving back from that that particular day day's shoot, which I did really enjoy, um, I heard um, John Bon Jovi's "Dead or Alive" on the radio. And it, it sort of instantly annoyed me because maybe I was just a bit tired. I've been out in the cold all day. I was just out. I had my heated seat on. It was actually the last journey I did in my Kia Soul Electric before I had to go back. Oh, yeah, your soul's and, gone. Um, I mean, your Kia Soul. Honestly, I, honestly my, I feel like my soul has gone because the car is fantastic. What? Have you got I, something really else to it. replace it? <clears throat> no, not really. I mean, no, not really. <laughs> No, not at the moment. So if anybody's listening to this, um, no, I'm not going to say that. It's just awful. Go on, you might as well. Ang- I'm just angling for a long-term test car now. It's just wrong. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. Um, what I was going to say is Dead or Alive by this John Christmas, Bon Jovi. please think of those less fortunate than you. Well, no, it would be Chris Rea was going to phone me up and go, Johnny, what are you driving home for Christmas? And I'd go, to be honest, Chris, I've no freaking idea. But I'm already home because it's because uh, of it's coronavirus. COVID Christmas. You didn't, it's you didn't COVID. think of that when you wrote the song, did you, Smart <laughs> It's COVID Christmas, and there's not going to be any already COVID caroling. For Christmas, actually, Top to toe convenience. <laughs> I'm just walking round the house in my the same moccasins I've had on since April. I'm on my third beer, and it's only twelve thirty. <laughs> That's right. Trousers don't fit me. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I've been eating more calories. Dun, dun. Yeah, so I um I, I was listening to Dead or Alive, and oh, you know, yes, there's yeah. that there's that lyric that Jovi puts out on a on a, jo- on a steel Jovi Jovi. <laughs> Like, you know, shorten his you, name. It's a bit convoluted. Um, are you suggesting perhaps that in that, that way that Mohamed Al Fayed um, uh, was accused of putting the Al into his name? And it's a kind of it's an honorific, uh, an honorific that he wasn't entitled to have. That John Bon Jovi is in fact John Jovi and has given himself the Bon to try and ennoble oh, his name. He's he's yeah he's just he's John Jovi. John Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> John Jovi, and um, <laughs> when, it, 
sorry, sorry, I wasn't expecting this to go on so long. But yeah, it's oh my John Jovi, and um, when he says, oh, he's really emotional, you know, on a steel horse I ride," because he's trying to evoke the. I don't know the sort of the cowboy element. I'm a cowboy. Yes, yeah, and yeah. you know he's he's probably wearing leather trousers or something. Oh, he's of, always wearing leather trousers. Yeah, I mean, with that, you know, the, in the cross stitch up the side, the, the sort of cross laces. They must have take ages to remove and put that on. <laughs> um, but anyway, anyway, not massively practical. Trapped trousers. in my trousers. Oh, if you yeah, if you need to get them off in a hurry, you're just doomed. Anyway. Um, the practicalities aside, I just thought steel horse I ride. I mean, clearly talking about a Harley Davidson. Because like, what other, what other motorcycle? Well, hang on. Would he be referring to? But nobody well, calls st- motorcycles steel horses. That's absolute bullshit. I no, mean, they do. They do. They call them iron horses. They used who? to be a really successful American magazine, a Harley magazine called Iron Horse. Really. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I've yeah. never heard this before. I mean, I'm just. Oh, come going, on, Rich. He said, I'm just going to get on the old steel horse. I, I would honestly assume you meant tractor. Oh, so hang on. It's Bon, jo- bon John Jovi. Let's <laughs> um, just bon call jo- him Jovi bon- from now on. The Bon is gone. It's he's John Jovi. Jovi. Um, he's massively into agriculture. I'm a cowboy on a tractor I ride. I've got the lyrics up here. Um, and they are. I'm a, is it? I'm think, a cowboy on a steel horse I drivel. ride. Yeah, I'm a cowboy on a tractor I ride. I'm wanted, brackets wanted, dead or alive, is, the, is how the lyric goes. You sound um, like you're so partridgey when you're saying it with the brackets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cowboy on a steel horse I ride, in brackets, dead or alive. I walk these uh, streets, a loaded six-string on my back. Right, a loaded six-string. Right. Okay. Oh, I see. So, so he sort of—I think he's trying to make his guitar sound like a gun for some reason or other. I play for keeps because I might not make it back. I've been everywhere. Still, mm. I'm standing. So I've seen a million faces and I've rocked them all. Is this drivel? What, what does mean, that rock, mean? Rocked the faces. He's rocked people's faces. Now, is that the old Def Leppard trick of using the uh, the word rock instead of the word fuck? <laughs> but I, I, I've seen a million faces and I've fucked them all. Is is I mean exaggerating and I mean, that just well. makes that just means Bon Jovi is just a rampant oral sex fanatic, <laughs> and, and also it's it's not really. I don't think it's the image he w- perhaps no. wants to portray. I mean, it could have been. I mean, I I, well, so hang on, he just rides around. I mean, this is right. He's he's riding around on a steel horse in his head. That's a Harley Davidson. The reality is, what is it like a Tomos? <laughs> Tomos. <laughs> who? Who is it? Is it? Who, which Japanese bike maker does those faux Harleys? Is it Yamaha? Oh, oh, they've done some awful ones. Yeah, I mean, in the past, Yamaha have done some with the massive handlebars and the really yeah. sort of piddly looking edges. <laughs> yeah, it's just, they just haven't quite got it right. It's I'm sure they're great. They're hole. probably much nicer to ride than a Harley. Are they? I don't know. I always but, think Harleys well, are they're, like they're horrible, but. They're more. Re- they're, they're possibly bikes. more reliable and, and more efficient. Mm. It's the gaping holes in the frame where you think an engine should be, but there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> what goes here? Nothing. Uh, I'll read you another lyric. Sometimes I sleep. Sometimes it's not for days. The people I meet always go their separate ways. That doesn't make sense, Jovi. It's nonsense. Why? Well, so he's slightly. Ins- I mean, can you imagine being an ins? suffering massive amounts of insomnia riding a motorcycle which is well known for giving you dead man's hand because of the excessive vibration 
and you've got a guitar that you've sort of stretched and, and wedged onto your own back, uh, which is going to damage the guitar. Let's face it, the neck of the guitar is going to be under full tension um, unnecessarily. Uh, it's just too much complication here. Um, I've just searched yeah. Steel Horse, by the way. Um, yeah. And uh, Steel Horse comes up in the Urban Dictionary as a motorcycle. There is also a Steel Horse Cafe in Abergavenny. Uh, which is described as a biker-friendly cafe. So, right, we're, there we we're go. going there. It's we're, not tractors soon, then. A tractor-friendly cafe would be, would be, you know. So, in our heads, Bon Jovi is on one of those I small Kubota orchard tractors. <laughs> 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 one of those ones is basically just a motorized sit-on wheelbarrow. You know that's, the ones that's which a the, steel horse. It's the guys in the middle of nowhere in rural, rural Spain who go to work on the tractor every morning, but it does six miles an hour. But they're like, well, we're only on an almond farm just over the way. There's no point in, like, driving a car there. So I just get on the little Kubota thing. Yeah, but there's lots of those, in, particularly in sort of Mediterranean countries, I guess because of the climate, amongst other things, there's a lot of those, those machines that you look at them uh, – and they're going by at six miles an hour. And you go, have you made that? Or is that exactly. off the shelf? Either way, it's extraordinary. It's a rotivator. Rotivator, that's also, yes. That's also a, a, a quad. Mm. That's also a, a means to commute. I mean, I oh, love the fact that you just Swiss commute Army on a... Yet yeah, a Swiss Army vehicle. Well, mm. I mean, we're missing a... Tr- In the UK, we're, we're probably a bit snobby. And we'd be like, I wouldn't. Not going anywhere any distance on that. You've got to be joking. Over there, they're like, what's oh, a Makita drill? Bollocks. Oh, I'm, I want I'm to a- ask you something. But I was just going to say, I'll wrap this up, this John Bo- Bon Jovi. John Jovi. Bon- <laughs> bon- John Jovi. Bon John. Bon John. Bon John. John Bon 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 Bon. Bon 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 uh, he the lyrics to this song, which I've, I've got up here at the bottom, is the songwriting credit is songwriters are credited as John Bon Jovi, and then <laughs> I don't know why I find this funny. We're all familiar with the uh, the uh, <clears throat> guitarist from uh, Bon Jovi is uh, Richie Sambora. That's right. But his official songwriting credit, his, his name is given as Richard S. Sambora. <laughs> I just find that funny. <laughs> Richard S. Sambora. Uh, yeah, but also the fact that his name is Richard. I don't, oh, it's obviously so. It's mine. There's nothing funny. It's a fine name, say. and I'll fight you if you say otherwise. Would, but um, you, it's the fact that he is not. He's he's you know sort of Jack Daniel's sodden rock pig, and and somehow <laughs> when you call him Richard, that doesn't quite work the same way. Would you trade your surname for Sambora? Um, if you could wake up tomorrow and be Richard Sambora versus Richard Porter, what would you do? Ooh, do and, I have to wear leather trousers? Well, put it like this: I, I would would I trade my name Smith? Would I be become Johnny Bon Jovi instead of Johnny Smith? <laughs> no, just Which Johnny Jovi. Jo- Johnny jo- Johnny Jovi. Yeah, I'd be Johnny Jovi. Hang Precisely. on. What if we've taken the Bon away from John Jovi because we've decided he doesn't deserve it? So you can <laughs> oh, have wait, it. Does, so you yes. could be John Bon Smith. Oh, that would be good. Or Johnny almost, Bon Smith. Because it's almost John Bonham, <laughs> uh, but also <laughs> Jovi as well. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you can't that. have the Jovi. You've got the Bon. I've only got the Bon. Otherwise, you're just uh, taking all of it. You're becoming right. John Bon Jovi, which doesn't. No, that's going to be confusing. 
John Bon Jovi would, wakes I up in New do... Jersey and goes, they have to go, sorry, John, but your name's John Smith now. He'd be like, what, 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 what about my band? Well, they're going to be called Smith. <laughs> <laughs> this is Living on a Prayer by Smith. And what? it's not no, the what? Smiths, it's Smith. Yeah, just Smith. Right, so just do not confuse them. This one's rocky, uh, you know, 80s uplifting, not, not, not. Um, I'm going to do that, Rich. And I'm going to, but I, is it okay to perhaps have some slow motion of me getting off a, a really low-powered pathetic motorcycle yeah taking my helmet off and maybe i've got sort of sweat on my brow that gets wiped away in an attractive way is that okay inexplicably like when you're doing your late break show videos just around the middle section suddenly you'll be on a really big sort of tall bit of rock in arizona and then oh yeah the shot will keep pulling back and back because it's from a helicopter and you're just standing there on the uh, oh, on the rock. Also, most of your life is now black and white and in slow motion, so that could become inconvenient. If you give me about, can you give me about three months' notice? I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll really work on my core, and then I'll can I can I have, can I wear an open waistcoat with nothing underneath? Knock yourself out. I'm totally doing that. That's my New Year's resolution. You've you've you pretty much met, kicked off my 2021 with that. That's good. Cool. That's um, where I'm. That's where I'm aiming. Now, from the cheesy link draw, uh, moving entirely in slow motion brings me to what I wanted to talk to you about just briefly. As I saw your um, your video, the Citroen Ami. Well, if I'm honest, I saw some of it. I started watching it and then I was interrupted. But um, did you do what I did? Start watching a YouTube video that I was interested in, and then the cat pissed on one of my children's beds. <laughs> That's basically what happened to us. Yeah, and of course, it's like the blood of the aliens. It goes through everything. Yes, it goes it does. through sheet, mattress, duvet, everything. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, I no. <laughs> <laughs> I've had too much coffee today. I have um, as well. I, I'm a bit twitchy, and I keep God, thinking about steel horses. I'm going to have to have yeah. like a big bowl of pasta or something for lunch just to soak it up. I'm really, I'm really <laughs> zinging today. Um, now, what I was going to say is, I noticed the top speed of that that Citroen Ami, which for people who haven't seen this thing, go and watch uh, Johnny's test of it, which is a little electric quadricycle. Um, its top speed is 26 miles an hour. Yeah, I'm. That, I got me, twenty. I got twenty eight out of it on a downhill stretch. But even in urban areas, there are still plenty of roads that are thirty miles an hour. Mm. And I think that is really—it's one of the reasons I think that car is daft and stupid, and it annoys me because, like the Twizy, it sort of sets back the progress and the acceptance of electric cars because it's a comedy car. And as you pointed out, it's not even really a car, is it? But um, it is, no. to all intents and purposes, a thing that impersonates a car. And it's just it's a, yeah, loophole car. stupid. Yeah, it's a loophole car, and it just yeah. looks daft, and it, it's a bit comical and useless, and it doesn't go very quickly or for very long before it's charging up. And I can see there is a sort of marginal use case for it in certain things, but I, I'm not even buying that. But it's the fact that it doesn't do thirty. Yeah, uh, well, you th- that will actually be inconvenient, and you will feel even more self-conscious when you are in fact <laughs> at the head of a train of traffic. People going, he's not even doing the speed limit. Um, so yeah, I just, I was just like, that's could they not just turn it up a tiny bit just so it can hit thirty? I think I think they could. I mean, what what was quite a challenge for me was when you go into a thirty limit and you mm. realise you 
you're you're going Vmax anyway, and you continue through all of the um, pedestrianised sort of areas, not not on on the pavement, but like through the very urban areas where you've got to be keeping an eye on your speed traditionally in a car. I'm still got, I've still got my foot flat on the on the mat <laughs> in it, and I started to I started to kind of adopt this like, well, I, I know I can never break the speed limit in this, so I'm not going to use the brakes. Well, so just I'm leaving my pinned. foot flat down and doing a sort of really pathetic Sandra Bullock speed moment where I'm <laughs> refusing to back off the gas. But of course, you're on skinny tyres, and there are some tight turns, so 26 miles an hour on some corners is actually really hard to do. So I found myself getting it. I actually got it out of shape a few times, but I didn't put that in the video because it would look irresponsible. Um, yeah. Is this like when I once completely lost control of an Austin Healy Frog Eye Sprite at about 15 miles an hour on a cobbled street in East London? And there was a brief moment where I honestly thought I was like full sideways and putting opposite lock on oh. in one of those with a really massive steering wheel when you're quite tall and your legs are basically <laughs> impeding oh, the movement of the wheel. And it's got a very long-winded steering box on it. I was going to say, and that's the way. Like, it's 18 turns lock to lock, yeah. It was, I came so close to just going into the side <laughs> of a Merc S-Class at 10 miles an hour. But also, no seatbelts. So I would have still probably smashed my face in on the windscreen or the soil. <laughs> I was just like, this is the most unheroic accident that's about to happen. And then, and then, thankfully, it sort of slithered. It was okay. But, but the yeah. good, the good thing is, is you're a cowboy, and um, on a sort of, uh, I suppose it is steel uh, uh, mostly. <laughs> oh, on a steel, a plastic, on a plastic giraffe, I ride. I ride. Yeah. Well, well I was going to say, I, I just, I've, I've got my little. I always make notes in my phone of things I want to talk to you about. Mm. I'm just going to go through really quickly the ones I've still got. Fizzy yogurt written in there for, because I still can't figure out why I put it there in the first place. But um, did you have network uh, network QVHS porn library written down like I did? No. Yeah, and so I feel like we should skip straight to we, that. We, we, yeah, there, there is a story there, uh, but I don't know if we've got time for it today. I've got, I got uh, something I got got told a couple of days ago, which is quite interesting. Um, definitely nothing to do with Vauxhall officially. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, and obviously a long time ago, hence VHS. Anyway, what were you going to say? Uh, I... I, I... Um, we're going to have to come back to this at some point, what you've just said. Anyway, no, I've also got on my list, um, my daughter came up with a new euphemism for having a poo, which I thought was quite useful and I intend to use, uh, which is I um, I set her on the loo. She's three, so, you know, she, she still needs sort of uh, <clears throat> looking after in these situations. I sat her on the loo uh, and I went, have you done a poo? And she went, yes, Daddy, I've plopped one in. And I went, oh, <laughs> oh plopping it, one in, that's quite good. because oh, it's never referred to in, it's always out. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, but but she meant into the water, I think, into the water of the loo. So she, yeah, but I was like, from now on, I might just go, <clears throat> sorry, could you just excuse me, Your Majesty? I just need to go and um, plop one in. Plop one in. So, uh, yeah, like uh, that's that. obviously uh, very important. That's why I wrote it on. I had to share that with you. And the other one, I was um, passed yesterday by uh, the last generation Vauxhall Corsa, the five door. Yeah. And. The design of that car has always slightly bothered me. The sides, the, the the treatment of the metal on the sides, there's something about it that's bothered me. It's got that line that runs along the bottom of the doors and then sort of sweeps up, but it's a kind of sharp line. And I always found it sort of somehow unpleasant. Now, I was walking along. I was listening to that really excellent BBC 
podcast by Chris Warburton about the history of ecstasy in the UK, which oh, you recommended yeah. to me. Yeah, that was, that was really good. I finally got around to listening to it. Yeah, it's really good, really interesting, some great music on it. And um, and I realise what it is that bothers me about the last shape Vauxhall course of five-door side sculpting is it looks like the sort of unpleasantly tensed neck muscles of a raver. <laughs> Do you know what some yeah, of it's I do got? Know. Where you just go, oh, you're going to tear a tendon oh. in your neck if you keep gurning that hard. Sort it's, of got, a, it's got like it's a gurner's neck on the side of a car. Have a look; it's weird. Is it a bit like when a cockney person says transit sport? You, you, uh, you and can, every sinew above ev- waist level is everything. stretched to breaking. Point. Everything, everything is right out there like that. Yeah, sport, sport. <laughs> Um, the only thing I've got on my list is just it simply says origin of ombudsman because I know it's one of our favourite words and I, and, and I realise why I put this down I should have done some research but I haven't but basically ombudsman is a Swedish word oh it's Swedish yeah that's oh, what I, I should have left that for my fact at the end but I've, I've, I've screwed that one that's very Maybe very that's good I, I didn't know it was Swedish so I've definitely learnt something even if we go, go on from there I think that's uh, I mean that was... on that note we we probably should start trying to um, look for the exit ramp on this one, but um, yeah, uh, probably. I've written down. I'd, ri- I'd only got one more note, and it was piss vistas. That was. <laughs> and I, I, this is the thing you messaged me about earlier in the week. Yeah, because I I I had a really early start. I left the house just before four in the morning, and I had to stop um, f- to to do a, a to do a, a number one. And I always pick a really good sort of field view off the road off the beaten track for for what I would now class as a piss vista and I wonder <laughs> if I'm not the only listener that does this you think you need the toilet it, it, you're in a spot away from the madding crowd so you're not exposing yourself let's not be daft here and um but you pick a spot which is quite you know scenic I can't be the only one Please tell me. No, I'm sure. Well, you know me because you've been in the car with me when we've been in the countryside, and I suddenly go, "Oh, I need a wee," and then I I have that dither of indecision. I can never find the right spot. I'm I'm very much like my dog. You know, I know when my dog needs a wee or a poo or to plop one in, if you like. And um, and and, but sometimes she sniffs the ground and then sort of goes, "No, not no, that one's not." You go, "Why? What? What has not met your exacting quality standards for having a dump dog?" And but somehow she won't do it. She just goes, "No, there. No, 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 not there. I'm going to move on. Different bit of different bit of gutter, I think." Yeah, yeah, piss fisters are good. But when you messaged me, you you were suggesting some kind of. High quality coffee table book, as far as I could work. I was out. what I was suggesting um, was no, actually more modern than that. Um, Instagram, Instagram's all about oh. pictures, and I thought, what about if we people share their piss vistas, and it could become a, a, a very interesting hashtag. Um, it's um, um, we're not we're not sharing pictures of actual urination because that's just unsavoury. No. But, uh, yeah, I just thought, great, you could just go, yeah, great piss vista this morning. It could be on top of a hill. It could be, yeah. Um, I don't know, a lesser a lesser trodden um, road. Yeah, I just think, why not? Piss, bit, of, bit of piss vista. I feel like I'm saying it out loud now and it's yeah. sh- shouldn't have, basically. It's out there. Don't worry about it. I'm sure, sure we'll just run with that. Um, right, well, that seems like an appropriate note to bring things yeah, to I've, a shuddering I'm, halt. I'm going to agree with you. I just want to sign off, really, apart from saying thank you to everybody who's listened to us this year. Um, this won't be the last one of the year, I don't think, but uh, anyway. Um, I want to send a thanks to a chap called Jem Cutter, who 
sent me a little DM on Instagram to say um, really enjoyed these podcasts. They've made him chuckle um, throughout the last few months. But, um, he's he's having a bit of a hard time. He's he's had some brain surgery in hospital, so he's he's recovering now. And I wanted to say, Jem, thank you. And you did make me chuckle by your reference to the blokes that used to do the gardening near your parents with the the collection of Citroen C15s. So there we go. Thank you, Jem. Hope you're well. Recover soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on, Jem. It's not brain surgery. Oh, it is. Crikey. That's, that's serious stuff. So um, get well, Jem. Hope you're all right, mate. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. I have three things to tell you. One, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Late Break Show. There are many fine videos on there, including a review of the Citroen Ami electric quad cycle, which we've just been talking about. Two, I have a new book out. It's called Boring Car Trivia Volume 2. It's available exclusively on Amazon in paperback or as an ebook. And uh, get in there pronto if you want a copy for Christmas. It's full of lots of arcane information about cars and that. And three, uh, the popular football anthem World in Motion by New Order was not an original composition. It was an existing piece of music which uh, Gillian Gilbert from the band had already written as the closing theme tune for BBC Two show called Reportage and which, when they were needed at short notice to make a football song, the band adapted into World in Motion. Wow. Go on YouTube. Nothing like making a football song at short notice. theme tune, yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there we go. That's that's it then. That's it for this week's Smith & Sniff. We'll see you again same time next week. Thank you, please. Goodbye. Thank you, please. I'm Johnny Smith. On a steel horse I ride. (laughs) 